Welcome to the Psychology of Learning Foreign Languages, the podcast that shows you how to apply psychology and quality management to boost your language skills. Welcome to the Psychology of Foreign Language Learning. My name is Gerhard Orban. Today, I'm in episode number 14. We are going to talk about my latest book, which is called Making Language Teaching Productive Again, the psychology and quality management of language teaching. If you see the book cover on Amazon, you will see that um, it's heavily inspired by the Donald Trump uh, presidential campaign. So it's very probably to um, anger a lot of people but i think that the, the book content the book's content is going to anger a lot of people so i think it's better to give a warning sign to people who are snowflakes so-called snowflakes i just read yesterday that in the is it the daily mail that uh, at a certain university professors were discouraged to write uh, words in capital letters and during exams and like for example do read this or like or not uh, don't um, miss this part of the exam because some students would be so stressed by seeing capitalized letters so i mean yeah and even if uh, uh, there's evidence, there was evidence that capitalizing certain words in the ex exam explanations actually helps people commit less mistakes. And, uh, so <clears throat> there's always this contingent of people who are uh, very easily aroused emotionally. And um, as I s tell in the introduction, is, the book is uh, completely different what people from what people would think it's a Trump agenda in education on the contrary now the book is about inclusive education about mixing the good and the bad not about erecting walls between the good and the bad students and uh, discriminating no it's about really creating a, a safe space for training for for your students but not for the teacher and this is a very important uh, distinction that um, some educators don't get and so first what is a safe space so in, in modern university life it seems to me in the US but also in other countries so, so students are becoming ever more sensitive to become intellectually challenged so they so they need to receive trigger warnings so, so uh, 
if the professor was, talks about something sensitive, he needs to warn his students that uh, if you want to leave the room, uh, I'm talking about whatsoever, the, the intellectual differences between men and women or about biological differences between the sex. Or, it can be completely innocuous things from the perspective of a professor, but uh, so somebody may get triggered. So now in, um, in language teaching, um, I think the situation is completely different. We, I think we need to trigger people, the teachers and the students, but we also need to create a safe space. So let me explain this. So um, as we grew up as a child, no, so we, uh, or if you have children, yeah, it's very important to provide your child with a, a learning experience with a, a room, a place where the child can feel safe to experiment with all the objects, everything in the room, and to, to gain his own personal experience. So in this sense, for many people, the language uh, classroom uh, is a threatening space. They feel they may be attacked, ridiculed, uh, laughed at, uh, and uh, fail in front of others. You know? So most of adults come with all those kinds of complexes and, and fears to the language teaching. So they are blocked. They sit so that's very important for me. So that you need somehow to create this safe space in the classroom you know, where people feel that they have um, certain time, uh, certain space where can, they can experiment with the foreign language without being laughed at, ridiculed and criticized. So, and so part of the book, it's not the explicit, the, the most part is, is about how to do this. And um, because uh, we want to become confident speakers, like you go to psychotherapy or you go, to a, to a doctor, so you want to be safe in this. You know? so, and the ideal outcome of your classroom teaching is, of, of your course, is that you, you, you find a life less threatening than you thought. You know? So then if, if you don't have any more complexes and, and starting to speak. So. And unfortunately, many teachers and with the best intentions and even politically on the left and all inclusive and so on unwantingly create threats to the students and for example if you stop some there are some teachers who think that if you don't eradicate errors from the mistakes from the beginning then they will never disappear so the typical situation is that somebody talks in front of the class and the teacher interrupts him every time there's some mistake in pronunciation and grammar and vocabulary. Now, so, so now imagine how you would feel if you're practicing something, a skill, and you want to show and every second you're interrupted. No, mistake. Stop. Mistake. So the typical tendency would be that students adopt shorter and shorter sentences they go for less risk they they just memorize some phrases so they want to minimize the, those interruptions and if they minimize those interruptions then 
the output is very bad because that means they they take less risk on speaking and that less risk means they speak more formulaic more simple and they are less flexible for different kinds of situations they adopt wrong learning strategies they learn by heart some phrases expressions they think they are tested but life asks from us flexible speaking we need to uh, improvise so so and the fear of being criticized the fear of being corrected leads to very poor speech later on and so we we need to have this uh, lab this uh, experimental space uh, where we can make a lot of mistakes uh, play with language uh, so this is the, the, the mindset of this of this book is how to with what techniques you know, strategies to, to to encourage this experimental phase by students so that they can learn how to combine sounds into words how to combine words into phrases phrases into sentences and sentences into topics and, and topics into whole types of com conversation so <clears throat> the, the first part is about mindset so what is blocking us in becoming an efficient language teacher and speaker so we're talking about the phenomena of self-handicapping self-sabotage about different types of mindsets Carol Dweck's theory of growth and um, fixed mindsets and how they affect motivation um, in the second part of the book we're talking about concrete techniques and they are structured according to my reverse engineering of the speech process no? so we look at the speech process now if you look at the surface we have two or more people conversing in a conversation it may be in a certain place about in a certain setting with a certain group composition but if you go a bit lower surface level we see they are talking about different topics about the weather, about uh, gossiping, and so. If you go a bit deeper, we see that each topic consists logically of uh, discrete sentences. Each sentence consists of phrases of small groups of words combined, you know, like at home, uh, um, with you, uh, in spite of the weather, or so, or have been or will come or should do or I can he can he writes uh, he wrote also. and below that we have the level of individual words and below that we have the level of sounds and I should say there should be also a level of thoughts but I eliminated this from the model now my definition of language teaching is, is, you, is this a production process you know, of sentences. So a good result among students would be students are able to produce their own sentences in situations they deem fit for them. And they can do it you know, with maximum outputs and being able to self-correct their 
the sentences. Now, if you take a definition like this, you see that it differs from most language courses because for most language courses, the, the outcome of the course is to pass XYZ standardized test to complete the, the textbook and so on, to pass the TOEFL, to pass the good certificate and so on. But I think that is very short-sighted uh, and it ignores the fact that most students have completely diverse objectives for learning the language. So, my objective is okay, to adopt their home routine to their own individual goals. And later in chapter, in, in section three, uh, where we talk about quality management, uh, we see that uh, it's best to have students write down their individual goals. Now, so, in what situations do they plan to use the language? Of course, for shopping and so on. But if somebody becomes is a specialist, he wants to work in an area, he wants to go visit uh, heavy metal festivals in Germany or whatsoever, or he wants to go shopping, uh, buy cars, uh, import cars, uh, attend certain fairs, exhibitions, uh, um, visiting a church. Or, so his language proficiency would need to be measured against the background of uh, his intended use. So. And sentence production because it seems logical, but if you see what people actually do during most language lessons, you see they memorize other sentences, they complete sentences, they make some all kinds of exercises. But the, the basic exercise should always be 90% assemble words into your own sentences because that's what we actually do in using a foreign language of course for that you need different ingredients and that is what this learning process is all about so so we have the different levels the sound level the word level the phrase level sentence level topic level and the all setting level and if you want to train a language in a very focused way you would take you would train on every level so you would see okay what are the critical sounds i need to master what are the typical mistakes i do the, my greatest difficulties as a language of as a learner for example if you are an english speaker and you want to speak chinese or german or arabic so we'll have specific obstacles that others the speakers of other languages don't have necessarily so and then you need to ask, so what is the most suitable technique to master those concrete aspects? So you don't practice everything with every technique available, but you find the best fit between the problem and you. So and this, of course, requires some kind of analysis, both on the part of the student and the teacher. Yeah. So, and the best outcome would be if you find, identify what needs to be trained at each level, by what techniques, by what individual students you know, to produce speech 
and the and that fits to the objectives of that individual student. So, so this, of course, never done perfectly, but it can be done wrong very easily if you force every student to do exactly the same at home. Now, people may object that you cannot allow that everybody does that. But the idea is that there is something common for all students. So there are some, most grammar topics, they are common for everybody. But with what words and what combinations to you, that already can be individualized. And um, so the idea is, and the, the strategy in the book is that there are some core patterns, some core techniques, some, some core topics that everybody should do, but it should be applied to the very individual goals of the students. So the same on the word level. So you need to think what are the most relevant words for me to learn. Of course, here we have a common core, uh, common core of words everybody should know, yeah, and functional words, prepositions, uh, conjunctions, and so on. But then there are also from million among million other words to choose, and the other words you, you know, they depend heavily again on the individual goals of the student. So if he wants to become a musician in Germany or, or in the US or so, he would be well advised to start already learning words according to his interests. And it doesn't will not make sense for him to learn a lot of words which are not in, from his specialty. Of course, once again, there are words common for everybody. You know, bread, butter, school, teacher, and so on. Everybody learns those words. But there, why not start helping your students gaining small successes? Because I think what happens in most language education is that they think it's like basically like the, the let's say rotten school system in most countries that you force all people to to complete a common core to go with the herd all together, and then you say, but later on when you are 18 or 16, you, then you can specialize. But until then, you have to do all the same. And it's a big loss of potential and time. Imagine a genius like Mozart would be forced today to follow a common core until he is 16 or so. Uh, read up on, on his life and see what master works he wrote up to the age of 16 already. So all those works will be properly impossible because he would be forced to do some kind of strange homework for school, some kind of essays or some kind of chemistry, things that he would have never used in his career. Now, and the last part of the book is about quality management. So you address the psychological issues of your students or if you're the students, your own, what's blocking you from establishing a routine from overcoming obstacles, and this is the most important aspect. Then you use suitable techniques, you establish your own individualized routine, like in a fitness center. 
And then with a quality management system, you guarantee that this routine is respected and approved, improved upon regularly. Good. Then um, I leave you with this uh, so that you have still uh, things to read up in the book. Um, check the book out on Amazon. No? So just look for making teaching, making language teaching productive again. And I appreciate if you write um, a critique or send me your th thoughts. All the best. Bye bye.